presents First Impressions. There's a new album out. Oh, have you listened to it yet? I'm digging the new album. I'll check it out. What do you think of the new album? First Impressions. Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of First Impressions on the Scratcher Track Podcast presented by the Dude and Grim Show. I am the Dude. And I am Grim. And today we are here to give our first or initial impression of the album Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers. We most certainly are. And before we get into it, Grim, we just want to make sure that all the beautiful people out there go ahead and give us a good like subscribe and comment below it thanks much appreciated just trying to bump those numbers up oh please now grim both you and i were not overly familiar with this album or or her work no uh, but having done some research and the al- album that will be coming out on wednesday it was suggested to us by our good friend mr forrest friend of the show Assistant to the show. He's friend doing of all of the job. Yeah. Friend of our, our lives. He, yeah. If he was making any money, we should give him a raise, but not going to happen, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> um, but it was suggested that we kind of talk about this album and in her as well, because she was heavily influenced by Elliot Smith. Yeah. Um, she, and there she, was an, yeah, the, the article that you sent me, I mean, really talked about that in depth and, um, uh, yeah, I just I, I think it's an interesting carryover, and and I feel like, granted, this just being a first listen, I, I feel like you can hear some of that influence. Um, I, I was impressed with the album, and I, I like the artwork too. The artwork's kind of trippy; it's a little surreal and alien like. Definitely. Well, in I found that there was you could definitely see influence for sure, but. I felt like the influence was more in mood and yeah. then 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 I would say like, you know, she's not doing all these acoustic songs and, and stuff and everything. No, it's, and, you know, I, and acoustic, I thought that I, was like really cool because it's one thing if if you say, oh, so and so is is influenced by somebody. Um, so, for example, now this is this is a bit of an extrapolation, but I think it fits. So, there's a band out there called Greta Van Fleet, and they're they're like this yes. rock band, and people have compared them to Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin, and dude, I, I feel like they they, with all due respect, they they kind of just sound like Led Zeppelin. Where this is someone who is citing a big influence, but but she doesn't try to sound like Elliot Smith. She sounds right. like her. Which I really appreciate, but I feel like in some of the production, like you said, the aesthetic and the mood, you can you can kind of maybe feel some of those influences, which um, draw from that. I think that's I think that's cool because it um, it it still lends this her or whatever artist you're talking about to like being their own person and not just some sort of a second generation copy of whomever. Absolutely. Copy of a copy of a copy. Well, one thing that she did cite is um, as an influence was his double tracking of vocals. Yeah, oh. and, and which he does, and he does that just beautifully. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. It, I, I, I mean, it is just part of his sound. It really is. Yeah, and and she 
does it too. And I think in the in the article that I found, she she even said she's like, it just makes everybody sound better. And it does. I and, mean, Pink Floyd and, did it. I, a lot of bands have done that, and it does. A, absolutely. Uh, it just it, it gives a certain dynamic to it, and it it, it brings it up, makes it a little fuller. Uh, definitely brings it up. And one thing that I like too, and, and I feel like thinking back on this, it goes back to the documentary of dark side of the moon where they talked about some of the double tracking of the vocals. And it's very different to just take the original vocal track and put it through like a slight bit of delay and then move it over to the yeah. other side and hard pan them. Yeah. There's a difference yeah. between actually doing two really good takes and having them side by side because sonically you can hear just these subtle nuances of difference like the breaths and in the way they kind of like go in it. and out of phase, uh, it, it's really nice, really nice. Yeah, work. that's that. And if you're gonna do it, like that's, that's the, way the way to, to do, do it because it. It, yep. it it sounds freaking great. Man. Yeah, it really does. Well, it was it was interesting because she said that the first album of Elliot Smith that she actually bought was this compilation album called New Moon, which came out in 2000. Oh, I have this. Yeah, I have it too. Yeah, very good. And it's. Yeah, it's very, very And cool. I actually bought um, it. I, I'm not just saying, like, I have it downloaded on my phone from Amazon. I have, like, the double CD, you know, like, in the packaging. And- right, right. Well, and what she said was, is you know, Elliot Smith, unfortunately, he passed away, as many people know, at a very young age. He was actually, he passed away, I think, before she was even born. So it's not like she kind of grew up listening to him. And, and, and so that's why when she... I guess went into the record store and picked mm. this up. She, she was born. She, she really, was just really young. Oh, okay. When well, she died. didn't. She didn't. Yeah, she didn't really know like what to get. So she picked it up and she's like, "Oh, okay." And they even said they were like, "Well, what's your you know what was your favorite album or your favorite song?" She's like, "Actually, at that point, I had an iPod and I just put all this stuff on shuffle." And so I, she, yeah. she was like, I didn't, I didn't even really know albums. It kind of went in and out, but then they get into it a little more. And I believe it was figure eight is kind of, her. which I can her, see that because that is just, oh, totally. a, just a masterpiece. Something that yeah. I look forward to talking with you about in the near future, perhaps at some point, maybe even as close as Wednesday. Who knows? I, it could maybe. be, it could be, but you know, back to this album, uh, I think that, the the songwriting the production I, I just I don't know I was I I was real I really enjoyed listening to it um, I, I found it to be like an like an easy listen and I don't mean to that's totally. not an insult it's just that there are some things like for example we covered the Mars Volta a few weeks ago that's a dense listen and I love the Mars yeah. Volta but that's a dense yeah. one and and there are yeah, some like, you got to put your seatbelt on for that one yeah right? there's some music yeah. that that just takes a little more to get into but I felt like this was really approachable but once you got into it I mean there's there's a lot there and uh you know aside from her being a solo artist um she's done a lot with other people um, and in at least one case, somebody that people would know, I would think pretty well, who is Connor Oberst, who is Oberst. a songwriter, singer, um, guitarist, a lot of things from Bright Eyes. Um, and then, of course, she she had a a band of her own with two other the all the all female band called Boy Genius, which is yes. a great name for an all female band. I awesome, I do like that. That's pretty dope. So, yeah, for, for for me, 
just listening to it. I think I probably listened to this maybe two or three times. Okay. Um, I really like, you know, it, it definitely has, there's more to explore. Like it has depth oh, yeah. to it. Absolutely. And, I, and, and I would really, really like to get more in depth with, with some of the lyrics that she has. Uh, the album as a whole to me sounds, it's very dreamy. Yeah. That's, that's kind I of think the that's way, a good way to put it. And, and that's why, and again, kind of the build <clears> off what you said, sort of easy listening. I wouldn't call it easy listening. That's not the, like, it's not, we're not talking no, about no, like no, the no. genre. By no means. It's, it's just easy yeah. to get into. I think it, it's approachable. Totally. You know, I mean, I can't see, you know, there, maybe if there was some music that you had like a big aversion to, um, you know, you could, someone could put on an album and be like, I, you know, automatically, I don't like this. But I, I feel like that would be hard with this album because I, I think it, that it, it kind of, it brings you in as opposed to grabbing you by the lapels. Yes, exactly. Thanks, Carlos. Um, so was there a track or anything that sort of stood out to you at all? Or I honestly, um, I, I you just I like felt- them all. Well, I I do I did like the album as a whole, but dude, I think I know the end. Really, okay. really, because as I'm listening to it, you can just hear the build up, and and I just I like that build up and sort of the repetition of of some of it at the yeah. end, and and I thought it was again awesome way to end an album. I mean, well thought out, well placed, um, produced really well. And, you know, it also doesn't hurt that you have Connor Oberst on there, which he appears on what? It looks like four or five tracks on this. I mean, that's, I don't know. That that says a lot because it's like, that's not like some guy who who has just like come up at the same time. I mean, he's he's been yeah. a pretty prominent figure in like the indie music world. So to get that Absolutely. kind of buy-in from somebody like that, I, I feel like that speaks quite loudly um, in a very 100%. positive way. Well, but I know the end. Like, what, hey, what was? Oh yeah. yeah, we should be in a. If somebody, if somebody like Connor Rovers was like, "Hey, yeah, we should be in a band together." I mean, geez, that's pretty great too. Well, right? and, yeah, and and what was that band? That was Better Oblivion Community Center. I Obliv- think yeah, was the yeah. name of, of the the sort of collaboration they have, which is cool. Yeah, it is. So the song I went to, and I think maybe for a similar similar reason is to you, the song I see you. Okay. Um, because I felt like it's, a, I feel like it's a very full song where it does have a lot of layers and things going on. There is some building to it. Whereas I felt like a lot of the other songs, maybe earlier in the album, kind of had, um, they, they stayed pr- pretty consistent. Now that's not being, you know, critical of it. Yeah, sure. But it, it, it was just, you know, they, they were very, um, you know, sort of, I don't know, level songs. Whereas this one I felt kind of had some more dips and ups and downs, peaks and valleys. And there was, there's a, a guitar part too, that had just some real sort of grittiness and there was okay. a little effect on it that I thought was pretty cool. So uh, I would definitely go with that one for myself. Another thing that I think, well, a couple things that are interesting to mention. So we talked about like the collaboration with Connor Oberst from bright eyes. Now, Bright Eyes actually consists of, I know at least two. Now, there could be more people who are considered part of this Over the thing, years, ins and out, yeah, who knows. Mike Mogus um, is also credited as mixing the album. And Mike Mogus, as far as I know it, and correct me if I'm wrong, he's basically like the other part or the other half of Bright Eyes. So oh, okay. I, I cool. thought that was pretty cool. But another I thing I want to mention is just the, the depth in the instrumentation in this album, because as I'm looking at the credits, 
some things stand out that I think, you know, maybe at, at a first uh, listen, a first initial impression, maybe one wouldn't pick up. But I did pick up on a lot of the depth of the instruments. But I mean, some things that stand out to me, auto harp, mellotron, banjo, uh, baritone electric guitar, a pump organ, for God's sakes, Optigan flutes. I mean, there's there's some really cool instruments that they're using here. Upright bass, bowed bass, horn arrangements, string arrangements. I mean, that is um, that is not your average like, hey, I'm just gonna go throw down some songs kind of album. There's no. a lot put into no. that, and that's that's really cool. Some, some really good production orchestration to, to yeah, put that together. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think uh, definitely this album is worth some more listens. If people out there haven't listened to it, we highly recommend it. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, if you're very familiar with this album and maybe some more of her other work, give us some some suggestions on what we should go to next. Well, she only um, has one other solo album. Well, right. I was talking about sort of the other band. Oh, like sure. Okay. And the Conor yeah. band. So, you know, some, some of her other projects, I guess I would yeah. say like where Man, I would you know, definitely would like to listen to, to stranger in the Alps, um, you know, based definitely on, based on what, what <clears throat> this, uh, what this album presented me with. I, I think it would be totally. certainly worth a listen. Um, yeah. And with only two albums out, I mean, right now, I mean, she's very early in her career. It'll be interesting to see where she goes and what kind of tra- trajectory that, that she has. I'll be, I'll be curious yeah. to see, uh, to, to see what that, de- what she develops into as an artist. Um, well, Graham, I think that about wraps it up here. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I suppose that would, that would do it from my end as well. Awesome. Cool. Well, since everyone has already like, subscribed and comment below, just go ahead and make sure you've done it. And, uh, you know, drop us a line again. Let us know what tracks you like about this album. What was your initial impression or your first initial impression? And uh, check out some of our other episodes. Again, if you're a huge Elliott Smith fan, stay tuned to Wednesday. We'll have a good uh, episode coming out then that we think you might enjoy. So, Oh, one aside. Um one one quick aside, and I think Just I would fall into thing. this category as well, because unfortunately, I don't think I got into Elliot Smith prior to his passing. Uh, but this is one thing that I, I did want to bring up that was interesting is that um, she as an artist is one of these people who like didn't know about Elliot Smith's music when he was alive. Like right. everything was was after he had already passed. And that's. That's interesting because I mean, granted, she was a kid when he passed, but but it's still, it's it's just an interesting thing because those those paths like were were close to lining up, right? And it the generational gaps, yeah, of, yeah. But I, I just Definitely. that's that's interesting because it's not as if it's someone who had died like thirty years ago or something and made this cool music. I mean, right. it's it's kind of cool. So sorry to Definitely. step on those toes, but again, um, you know. <laughs> It's time to go. Well, step on those toes. It's time to go on the Dude Dude Grim shows. Scratch a track is produced by the Dude Grim. Additional music provided by Moore and the Tims. Copyright 2021. The Dude Grim Show.